down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Everyone, what a week. This is in the world arena and in America, especially with the corruption that we see going on in Arizona. And they have just certified an election that everybody knows was corrupt. And this is what we are dealing with, folks, which is one of the problems that we have by not identifying our enemy. By not doing that, it's very difficult to fight the enemy because when you identify the enemies, you can actually see signs of what they're doing so you can anticipate their next move and often be ahead of it, which is where we need to be instead of behind. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful, wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. I am so proud of things that we are doing, uh, getting kids out of those horrible indoctrination clinics that they call public schools, getting them into even wonderful one-room schoolhouses in a church. Isn't that phenomenal, folks? That's the way America should be. Little groups of people working together to be the best that they can be. That is America. And as I was doing that, I thought to myself, I wonder how many people know who controls their destiny? How many people even know what a destiny is? And I looked it up in my Merriam-Webster dictionary because I like to define things. And a destiny is the events that will necessarily happen to a particular person or thing in the future. So who do you want to put in place in your life that will lead you to your future or their future. And this is really what we have to start facing right now. Right now, we have a global cabal of truly evil people. And as we are seeing, these evil people are all over the place. They're in every country. They're not just in America. Uh, George Soros is our resident evil of America. Uh, he's the one that they throw out all the time. Believe me, folks, there are plenty of billionaires that are just in the same league. And this is what we are fighting. And they're not just the Democrats. You can't, we can't use and do what they do, which is this blanket word, Democrats. And then we say all Democrats. No, not all Democrats. All Democrats don't believe in killing babies. They're being lied to. And that is a big issue. But there is an undercurrent of things that are more entrenched, and that's their ideology, which ultimately is communism. 
period finished. This is what has filtered throughout the world. This has been going on for centuries. Multiple wars have been fought over this. And if we go back not so far, we can see that the 30s have been imported to America and have come up now in the new century in the 2022, this is what we are experiencing, the same experiments that they tried in the 30s. It didn't go away. Reagan, I think he was a great governor and so-so president, because I can't forgive him over amnesty, but that's another issue. When he said communism is over, Russia is over and embraced, they didn't go away, folks. They went underground. And what they did is they scattered through many, many countries. And if you listen to what went on in the uh, COP27 and the G20, where Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum had the nerve to say that the people will, of course, his favorite line is, own nothing and be happy, but they don't need cars. And we should be following the communist Chinese model, and that should be a model that other countries follow. And everybody, all the little seals clapped their hands and said, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what was that model? And what did, what did that model mean? What was that model? Think about it. The Chinese Communist Party has such a stranglehold on the Chinese people the people, I don't think we realize, live in high rises, stacked up in high rises, where their factories are beneath them, and they don't have a car. They don't need a car. Their job is below them, and they just go to work. They don't have money anymore. What they have is a card, and if they're good boys and girls, their card will be chipped green. And if there is something that the government is uh, smelling around, they'll get a chip yellow and that'll take away all of their mobility. And maybe they won't be able to buy food. And if it goes chip red, they're in their house and they're quarantined and that's what happened. And while these people were locked in their homes with no food, because they don't have filled freezers like we do, while they were there with no food, a fire started. And every person, man, woman, child, was killed in that fire. And when the people protested, the heavy boot of the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, came down on the people. And this is what Klaus Schwab thinks that other countries should take a look at. Well, do other countries do things like that? I can't imagine. But we're lucky today because we're going to be finding out. And I have asked my resident expert, Chris Wright, who knows everything that there is to know and has a wonderful anti-communism team that he will tell you all about. Uh, fabulous group of people. And he is having his speakers come and tell us today what is going on outside America. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. 
Karen, thanks for having us back. We are the Anti-Communism Action Team. We're in our ninth year. We have presented at the Heritage Foundation, the Leadership Institute, been on Breitbart TV and Levin TV. We have a website. I invite your listeners to, to uh, visit. It's at spiderandthefly.com with hyphens between the words. We have a speakers bureau. We're going to hear from one of our speakers tonight. And I will quickly mention that Jennifer Zung, one of our other speakers, uh, is all over this apartment fire in uh, in China. She reports on it and got mentioned in the conservative treehouse this morning. And she uh, is tweeting about it on, on Twitter. Um, so we have the speakers bureau and it's available for uh, at no cost. Uh, there are no speakers fees and will appear anywhere by video conferencing. Uh, as well as appear locally in the Washington, D.C. area. We also have a free newsletter. If you'd uh, like a weekly roundup of anti-communism news from home and abroad, uh, please write us at mail at spiderandthefly.com. Again, hyphens between the words. And your contact information is never sold or shared. This is because this is not a money-making operation. This is a group of people who are worried about the direction of the country. So it's a labor of love. So we don't do things like sell your your uh, uh, your email address. Now, uh, what I'd like to do is we have something a little different for you tonight. I have a, uh, a network with lots of moving pieces. I'm going to draw in one of those other pieces tonight, the Potomac Tea Party, because our speaker is going to start off by um, recapping for us what she told us, told your audience a year and a half ago. Uh, and that will be brief. And then she's going to tell us about uh, something that her son did this summer at Hillsdale College. It's a week-long program for, for high schoolers. And that will segue into a page that I have up at Potomac Tea Party uh, that is very unique. Uh, and I'll tell you about, about it more after Nora finishes her comments, but it's uh, opportunities for young Americans. And we'll get to that uh, a little bit later in the program. But right now, I'd like to introduce Nora. She is, Nora Clinton is a survivor of communism from Bulgaria. She is a book author. She wrote the book, Quarantine Reflections Across Two Worlds. It is a personal memoir of childhood under communist tyranny in Bulgaria and a moving tribute to American principles. She holds a PhD in classics from Cornell University, has taught Latin and Greek, published extensively on the subject of ancient documents on stone, and she is the co-founder of a nonprofit organization dedicated to academic cooperation in American values. So, Nora, um, welcome to the show tonight, and please tell us uh, a little bit about your work. Uh, your main, main topic is the contrast between communist tyranny and American principles. Go right ahead. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate this opportunity to share my thoughts and experiences. Uh, the pandemic made me realize acutely the contrast between totalitarian socialism and uh, communism with which I'm uh, familiar and American values. So I decided to publish my memoir, which you mentioned, Quarantine Reflections Across Two Worlds, because I wanted to make a comparison and share my stories of my childhood and also contrast them with my experience in the United States. And I wanted to give young people a frame of reference because people don't realize how good they have it and it's human nature not to appreciate uh, what we have until we lose it. And I um, am a big supporter of, of the United States and its founding principles. And I very much hope that we can preserve these principles 
and I very much hope that it won't be too late. So that's why I wanted to share um, what I know and have experienced under communism and through stories and reflections, I wanted to make young people realize uh, the essential difference between the two systems. So many people um, struggle to realize why uh, the United States is such a great country. And what puzzles me, and this goes to the topic of education, is that even very educated people are not familiar with the um, with the constitution, with the uh, American founding, with what makes our country unique. Uh, part of it, of course, is uh, this uh, tendency that has happened over the past several decades where uh, Marxist indoctrination has infiltrated colleges, many public schools. But I think also it may be just human nature that people are not interested in understanding specifically what it is that makes their country unique. They just take it for granted. So I decided to uh, just give a few examples of my childhood and contrast them with life here. And I'm happy to say that uh, my uh, booklet is enjoying some uh, success and a lot of young people are reading it and um, they're uh, understanding the differences between communism between totalitarian socialism and uh, American values. And uh, in, in my opinion, these differences uh, derive from uh, the different philosophy behind socialism on the one hand and uh, the United States on the other hand, because the founding of America, as we know, combines the best traditions of uh, the classical world of Judeo-Christian values and to me, what is especially important is that it upholds uh, innate God-given human rights. Uh, so uh, this is stated in the foundational documents. And for the time that this happened, this was unique. Now, there are other countries in the world that respect uh, uh, innate human rights, but no country respects, for example, freedom of speech to such an extent, and no country has such an elaborate uh, balance of various branches of government and powers as the United States, because obviously the founding fathers were very um, highly educated and, and they knew well what happened in ancient Athens. They knew that uh, uh, simple democracy doesn't work. So they made sure uh, to devise a system that would uh, guarantee against the tyranny of the majority. Uh, socialism is the exact opposite. Socialism has no respect for innate human rights and regards the individual uh, in terms of it, its usefulness to the society. And this, even if it's done with the best intentions, this is a very dangerous theory and practice that ultimately can lead to taking away the individual's uh, liberty, property, and ultimately life. And we see that this actually has happened in every country in which uh, pure totalitarian socialism has been imposed. And I often like to quote a um, uh, distinguished professor of history uh, at the University of Pennsylvania, Alan Kors, who wrote that no cause ever in the history of all mankind has produced more cold-blooded tyrants, more slaughtered innocents, and more orphans than socialism with power. I think that's a very powerful quote 
And it's no coincidence that uh, socialism, totalitarian socialism, has resulted in the death, uh, uh, in the murder of tens of hundreds of millions of innocent people. This is the direct result of, uh, of its theory. And since um, at the beginning of this program, China was mentioned, I wanted to make a point that uh, communism is the same everywhere. Um, so it's not a, a matter of one country being worse than another country. It's basically the system which uh, removes individual rights, which regards individuals as uh, bricks in the wall, as cogs in a well-oiled machine. So um, human beings are the same, human nature is the same, and there are wonderful people in all of these countries. But if the system uh, doesn't respect their rights, then this brings out the worst in human nature in the same way in which a humane system like the one in the United States bring, brings out the best. Thank you, Nora. Um, uh, I should mention that uh, both Nora and Karen mentioned uh, indoctrination in the schools. We have a, a video on our website called Producing Auto Warm Beers, and it traces the communist roots of uh, American education theory back 100 years or more. Uh, and uh, very definitely, these are communists who have started this whole ball rolling, and they're still in the graduate uh, schools teaching educational theory today. Now, um, the theme for tonight is inoculating young people against socialism. I will tell you about uh, our work at Potomac Tea Party in that regard. But first, I want to ask Nora about um, her son's experience at Hillsdale College um, last summer, because it is one of many opportunities that, is, that are now available to young people to help inoculate them against socialism. So, Nora, please tell us about Hillsdale in August. Yes, uh, my son, who is now a high school junior, uh, was fortunate to be accepted to attend uh, one of Hillsdale's conferences for high school students. This conference was called Liberty and Learning Youth Conference. It focused on uh, the Constitution. Uh, the, uh, this year's topic was the Second Amendment, but the conference went over um, uh, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution. Uh, the children even had to read some uh, pieces of classical literature, such as Dante and other um, important works to prepare for the conference. So it spanned over several days. Um, we attended the August conference. Uh, there were two other sessions earlier. And the students um, attended lectures by Hillsdale professors on the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, on uh, the US Constitution and private property, on the Second Amendment, on the liberal arts and preservation of freedom. And uh, they uh, had to write a constitutional essay. They had a writing competition uh, commenting on a quote by FDR about progressivism and whether it is justified uh, to think that the constitution should continually be amended as uh, public thought changes or whether there are some core uh, universal eternal principles that should always be upheld. And apparently most of the students de defended the latter point of view, which I find extraordinary. Uh, and uh, Hillsdale is one of uh, many I'm happy to say now um, um, educational institutions 
which provide uh, a very solid education and which provide um, young people with an opportunity to learn what is special about the United States. And I see that actually Generation Z, if we believe in this <laughs> system of using uh, letters to define generational characteristics, but let's say students who are now between the ages of 10 and maybe 25, in a way, I find that they're more patriotic because uh, a lot of um, opportunities in media have uh, appeared over the past 10 years or so, such as Prager universities and many other outlets that give young people the opportunity to, to see a different point of view. And I find that very positive and very healthy. And certainly we were fortunate to um, um, take part in the Hillsdale experience. And that is certainly a wonderful, wonderful program. Well, you mentioned the Second Amendment. Uh, if I'm recalling correctly, they visited a gun range as part of this Hillsdale week. Am I am I right? Yes. So on the on the last day of the conference, they uh, um, practiced a little bit and, and visited a, a, a shooting range. Of course, all uh, safety precautions were uh, taken and the students also enjoyed that. Well, I bring that up because I remember uh, there was a radio host by the name of Michael Savage. I don't know if he's still on the radio, but not in my area. Um, but he was talking about when he was growing up in New York City, when he was in high school, they had shooting ranges in the in the basements of the high schools. If you can imagine, <laughs> boy, that was a different era. Yeah. Yes, um, we did. <laughs> um, I can attest to that as well. Now, um, your son, uh, I've known him for some years. He's uh, very, very advanced in terms of his his knowledge, and he's actually uh, won a prize for one of his essays. But what did he say about his week at Hillsdale? Well, he was very pleased, and he became also very interested in applying to Hillsdale uh, for college, and he was uh, certainly very impressed that uh, a college would give um, students the opportunity to um, pursue very uh, rigorous uh, yet patriotic and um, honest uh, education. So he was certainly very pleased with the entire program. He learned a lot. Now I'd like to go on and talk about uh, what we have done here at uh, Potomac Tea Party, another uh, piece of my network, another part of my network. Um, we saw that there were any number of uh, lists of conservative colleges, but what we didn't see, and I think we've created something unique here, is a list of other opportunities for young people. And the inspiration for this is actually Nora and her son in the uh, Hillsdale week, which I had never heard of before um, this August. So that got me thinking, well, what else else is out there? And can we put it all in one place so that young people can uh, find it easily and that we can begin a process or, or continue a process, reinforce a process of inoculating young people People against socialism. And so at PotomacTeaParty.com in the main button bar, there is a page called Opportunities for Young Americans. And on there, you'll find all manner of grants and contests, internships and fellowships, and other things for young people to do of various ages, all broken out by, by age group. 
So in terms of grants, uh, there is my own nonprofit, which is unique. It focuses on the grassroots. We haven't had uh, young people apply yet, but we have had an organization called We the Kids in Indiana, and they have a radio show for kids about the Constitution. They've applied. We've given them a couple of small grants. Um, so that's an example of grants that come from uh, my nonprofit. In addition to that, there, uh, Charlie Kirk's Turning Point USA has activism grants that seem to focus on uh, free market um, ideas in on uh, high schools, at high schools and, and college campuses. In terms of contests, there is an outfit called Constituting America. Uh, there was a, uh, there is a, a Hollywood actress and her daughter, it's a mother-daughter team. They've done this Constituting America. And you can submit a song. You can submit a short video. Uh, and they have uh, other, other categories where they uh, assess all of these things and award prizes, I think, on an annual basis. In terms of internships, of course, uh, we have listed the Heritage Foundation and the Leadership Institute. They all have those two big organizations in Washington, D.C., have um, continual big classes of interns. Uh, so those opportunities are available. But beyond that, there's something called the Intercollegiate Studies Institute that has journalism in internships. There are a number of other organizations that also have journalism internships. There's a fairly new organization called the Conservative Partnership Institute. That's uh, former Senator Jim DeMint uh, and other people. And uh, there's another one. Uh, uh, they have internships. And there's another one called uh, America First, which is a uh, the Stephen Miller's group, and they have internships. There's also fellowships for um, uh, young people who are a little older, graduate school and older. And ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, they have legal fellowships uh, that they sponsor. In terms of um, other things to do, uh, there is uh, something called We the People. Uh, it's, a, it's a competition. This is great. You should uh, look up their videos on YouTube, the winners of their, their uh, competitions. They're fabulous. These kids really know their constitution. And what it is, is that you start with a team in your own high school. You compete against other teams in um, in your location, your locale, your city, and then you go on to a regional competition, then a state competition, and then uh, it ends up with a competition in Washington, D.C. every year, uh, which is really great. It's a mock congressional hearing. So there's a constitutional question, and they give you one side of the issue, and you have to defend defend uh, the, the uh, side that you're assigned. So it's a really great exercise. You should watch the vi uh, videos on YouTube. The kids are great. So that I can't say enough uh, um, good about that program. It's, it's a really good program. Um, there are other things to do. Leadership Institute has an arm called Campus Reform, and they have reporters on college campuses all over the country. So you can write for uh, Leadership's Campus Reform. And so that's a taste of uh, some of the things that are on this page. We're continually adding to it. So hold uh, that thought, please. Sure. We are at break time and uh, wanted to please tell everyone where they can find you. And then we'll continue and pick up after the break. Again, our website is spiderinthefly.com with hyphens between the words. To get our newsletter, it's mail at spiderinthefly.com. Okay, folks, 
don't go away. We will be right back. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Be right back. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan, a plan based on real science that responds to the real world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network. He's doing an incredible job. Thank you, Malcolm and staff. You guys are terrific. And... My wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. They are always wonderful. And soon we will have a page on the Alliance website that will guide people to our podcast. So you will be able to hear the show live. And when you want to go back and listen again, you have that ability as well. So that is very exciting to me. Now, we were talking about the thread that goes through all of the countries. And that thread is called communism. And communism is an ideology that in very simple terms, if you don't follow it, you do so at great harm. Now, it doesn't matter what the harm is because that depends on what country you're in. But they do not take kindly to any competition or derogatory information. It is literally their way or the highway, and that highway goes off a cliff, period. And there is no deviation from that. And you have to remember, as I said 
we have to name the enemy. And if we don't name the enemy, then who are we fighting? And we wind up fighting the wrong people, which is each other, because they have us all in this stupidity of race garbage. So my new answer now to everything racist, and when I get called a racist, I am going to say, yes, I am. I love to watch NASCAR. So therefore, I'm a racist. And the end, end of conversation, we have to fight back people. We also have to remember these are the globalists. These are the people that go to the G, whatever number it is, or in the COP, whatever number that one is, 27 and 20. These are the people that have decided that we should live the way they want us to live. And the way they want us to live, to me, is what I call barely alive. The idea is that they will dole out to you what they feel you should have based on how much you will agree with what they say and do what they say. And never, under any circumstances, fight back the absolute definition of indoctrination accepting something without fighting back. Just plain old acceptance, like it's not raining outside, but they'll tell you it's raining and you'll go outside and you'll feel wet and it'll be raining for you because that's what they say. Now, these people are the globalists. They are anti-MAGA. And I don't mean MAGA Donald Trump. I mean America. They do not want America to be great under any circumstances. They want America to be like Venezuela and Argentina. And now they're trying to overturn Brazil, although there might be some good news coming out of there. But that's another topic. What we have is a group of people who hate us and want us dead because we are calling them out on their, quote, truths and telling them that we're not going to stand for it. Only we have to kind of take clues from a couple of other countries because in some instances, we're not doing too good on that. You have to remember that the globalists always have one goal in mind. And if you listen to what they say, they will always tell you the goal. The goal by any means possible is called depopulation. There are too many people on this planet and the earth is crying and so sad because the people are hurting the planet. Every time you put a plant in the ground, you are hurting the planet. How dare you hurt the planet? Eat? Who cares about you? You are the person that's put that's destroying the earth. And watch, your kids will come home from school and they'll hate you because you'll be destroying the earth. Their goal is depopulation by any means possible. And we have them, contrary to popular belief, in the Republican Party. And they are called rhinos, Republicans in name only, because they do not want America to be great. They want America to be subservient to them of which they are selling America piece by piece. And I don't believe they have any right to do that because it's not theirs to sell. They are not the owner of the land. They have no right to sell our resources, our uranium to to Russia and our farmland to China. So who are these people and how do we identify them? 
And that is always the question. And so Chris is going to tell us because he has created a rhino hunt. And I am proud to say I'm part of that. Thank you, Chris. Well, thank you, Karen, for being part of the National Rhino Hunt team. And we have another guest with us. We'll get to Debbie Jones from South Carolina. And I formed this team because I was hearing the same problem all over the country. And I, I have a network. I am in touch with people from uh, uh, many, many states. And what they were telling me was they were having trouble with the Republican Party in their locality. They, uh, you mentioned that the rhinos are globalists. What I'm finding more of the, to be the case is that the rhinos have no principles at all, Republicans in name only. So they are the establishment Republicans. It's a split in the party that goes back all the way to the first issue of National Review and William, William F. Buckley. I think the year is 1954 or so. He first pointed it out. We still have the same split today, although it's in different terms. We have this new term, relatively new term called rhino. And what I was hearing was that <clears throat> the local Republican parties in so many places is just taken over by establishment people who have no principles. They don't stand for anything except re-election. So I formed this team earlier this year, and we are beginning to take them on. We develop methodologies to take them on in various, in various ways. Now, uh, Steve Coughlin, who is a great trainer and theorist, uh, he... He says the, these rhinos are the ones who re, are responsible for the leftward drift of the country. The left's going to do what the left's going to do. The left is the left. But it's these people, these people, these Republicans don't have any principles who just go right along with it. They're the ones who have really allowed the country to drift left. So what we do is we have uh, we have a web page. It's on my personal website, liberato.us. It's on the main button bar. It says Rhino Hunt right there. And on that page, we give you uh, current events, things that are going on regarding rhinos in the Republican Party, uh, mostly national figures and household names like Kevin McCarthy and Liz Cheney. We have a candidate page we put up uh, before the elections, and we focused on, we ended up with five candidates we liked around the country that we thought people could, uh, grassroots Republicans, conservative Republicans could, could rally around, starting with Harriet Hageman, who won her race in Wyoming. We also um, steered people towards Joe Kent in Washington. He didn't do as well, but we have a total of five candidates that uh, we thought uh, merited support. Um, we have that on, on the website. We engage in confrontations. So we've been in three confrontations so far. We criticized Kevin McCarthy and let him know that we didn't think much of his commitment to America. I thought it was uh, milk toast, I think is how one critic put it. And it certainly was that. Wasn't very much to it. We confronted the Minnesota GOP. Uh, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas did this whole video uh, with solid documentation about election fraud in Elon Omar's district. And the Min GOP didn't do anything with the information. So we confronted them on that. Our most recent converse, uh, confrontation was a, a Republican. He's a county commissioner in Michigan. And there he is sitting with uh, Libertarian Party candidate uh, candidate signs in his yard. So we called him out on that. So in addition to the confrontations, we have spent nine months talking to our uh, 
to our various team members and also people from around the country. We've developed a list of methodologies uh, about how to take on the rhinos in your area. We'll get into some of that um, uh, tonight. And we have speakers available who can present our methodologies to local groups, be, it, be they uh, local Republican clubs, uh, Republican assemblies, uh, tea parties, and such and the like. And now we're going to turn to our guest from South Carolina, Debbie Jones. She is a conservative Republican in South Carolina, and she is taking on the rhinos in her area. And she is a member of the National Rhino Hunt Team, uh, as is Karen. And Debbie talked to us about the way that she is taking on um, the establishment Republicans um, in her in, in Charleston. So, Debbie, go right ahead. Tell us what you've been up to. Okay. Um, actually, it's not just me because I don't think one person can can handle this job. But uh, early on, after Rior, we started having um, monthly meetings with precincts. And we have four precincts in the group that I am in. And we also have two other precinct groups that are 10 precincts each in the Charleston um, County area. And these precinct meetings are separate from the GOP meeting. Um, we have candidates come in to speak. Um, we have uh, parliamentarians come in to uh, help us uh, learn a little bit. And we had um, just people that were just very concerned. They joined the party at Reorg. Um, they uh, were ready to get started. They wanted to do something. And then they came to a GOP meeting that nothing was getting accomplished. Uh, the meetings were lasting till 10 at night on a Monday night. So people have to go to work the next day. And uh, it was it was just very um, disheartening. So a lot of people dropped out for for coming to the meetings because they saw it was a waste of time. And and the issues that they came to talk about the um, the fraud that was the 2020 election and the the issues with January 6th prisoners and the the COVID, um, you know, problems that we had. So uh, these were things that that our members felt like we need to do something about. So um, our our group, our ladies decided to write a letter, an open letter to our chairman to start and just ask him to stay on uh, on the agenda. Um, he, he He's kind of seems to think he's uh, it's his show and he wants to show patriotic videos and that's nice but that's not why we come to a business meeting um, so we wrote this letter and we uh, had it at our meeting ahead of time so that other members could sign on to it if they wanted to um, and that that helped for a short time um, in June we were successful in um putting forth a resolution to censure our Senator Lindsey Graham uh, because he was not following the Republican Party flat platform and uh, the red flag laws were an issue at that time. So the needless to say, the establishment, the Rhino leadership in the Charleston County um, Executive Board were very upset. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the true colors came out as to who's, whose side um, these folks were on. So 
that um, that is something we're we're working on now, and we're also working um, to to learn more about Robert's rules so that we can um, we can navigate our meetings in the proper way, and we can call our chairman out um, when you know in the proper way for that. Very good, Debbie. Thank you. Um, I want to recap a couple of things you said. You said that you have separate precinct meetings that are not um, Republican Party meetings. Um, have you, I think you, um, if I'm recalling correctly, you got a little pushback from the party when they found out you were holding these separate meetings. Yes, we did. Um, they started coming to these meetings um, and they started telling us, oh, we already have somebody that is uh, in charge of the, these 10 precincts and uh, we don't, you know, you're not official. You're not the official um, Republican uh, party by doing this. So um, we did we did have, did have some pushback from that. And uh, we had one, our vice chair um, got up and tried to speak at a meeting that the um, the candidates were were there to speak. And so uh, the the chairman of that group was um, that organized the group was able to um, have him sit down, which that didn't go well. But, um, you know, it was kind of like they were trying to take over and they they have named these these groups that are these people, all establishment that are supposedly um, different in different sections of the the county of Charleston that are supposed to um, be organizing groups, but they haven't had much luck. We haven't seen um, anything other than uh, we did, um, they did uh, sponsor a meet and greet for newcomers and um, they had the school board candidates there. Um, and I went, it was, they said all the right things. Um, and it turns out um, a lady that I met the other day was um, was at that meet and greet meeting, um, and I I didn't know her, and she she said that she had started coming to the party and to the GOP, and I asked her how did she hear about us, and she said, well, when I moved to Charleston, I just looked up the Charleston Republicans website, and uh, somebody called me back, one of the establishment uh, on the board, and invited her to this meet and greet. So. They do have um, folks that they're they're working with, and I'm sure are going to be um, lining up for the reorg that's coming up in March. So we're we're looking to grow our our precincts and grow members in precincts um, so that we can have a good representation uh, of uh, precinct members, voting Republicans who come to the reorg meeting and not only vote in uh, MAGA or conservative um, voting members, but also will agree if they would to um, uh, be a delegate at the Charleston County Convention, which is in the next month, so that we can help vote, um, they can help us with their vote to vote in conservative uh, leadership in our Charleston County GOP, and then hopefully on to the state convention in the next month to help vote out our establishment um, rhino uh, head of the state um, GOP. 
Now, you mentioned the term reorg. Uh, it stands for reorganization, if I'm recalling correctly. And that is your local leadership election next April. Is that right? Uh, yes, the, the reorganization and, and other states call it a different name, but in South Carolina and maybe other states, too, it's every two years. And in South Carolina, it is on the odd year. So it will be coming up in March. The reorganization, reorganization meeting is uh, published in the newspaper. It's open for any interested Republican voters who want to come. Um, to attend this reorganization meeting and help vote in the voting member for their precinct at the county GOP meetings. And then the next month, that's in March, and then in April is the county GOP convention where the new chairman and vice chair and um, state EC are voted. And then in April, um, March, April, and then May is the state convention is how we have it here. Okay, and you mentioned Robert's Rules of Order. I'm seeing a lot, I'm seeing a lot of interest in that now, and uh, seen, I've seen a couple of uh, national training opportunities for people to learn it so that they can go to their local Republican meetings and not be flim-flammed by the, by the process, people taking advantage of the process because they don't know the process. Um, so what do you recommend for, that people do in order to learn Robert's Rules? Well, um, you, you should buy the book, uh, The Robert's Rules. There's a new edition um, that, that came out that covers more Zoom meetings since COVID, uh, that kind of thing. It's the 12th edition. And then there's a smaller book that's Robert's Rules of Order in brief. And it's a smaller, uh, smaller version. It's kind of a, um, a, a more simplified version. There's also robertsrules.com, I think is the website that has kind of a forum that people can go to and, um, and ask some questions and learn about Robert's Rules there. There's some videos on YouTube um, teaching Robert's Rules, but some are very long and complicated. And um, I haven't found uh, a good one there, but I am taking a, a, a class now that's uh, six weeks. We're in the third week and it's by Zoom every Wednesday night. So um, that is something I, I feel like we will continue and we're going to be meeting with a local parliamentarian in our next county uh, to meet to do some role play so That's we can learn a little more. That Zoom training, is that uh, local or is that a uh, uh, national outfit that's putting that on? It is um, the, the lady that um, started it or the organized it is local, but the she she called on the national headquarters. I'm not sure what what state they're in. And there was uh, a parliamentarian. Um, I, I'm not sure what state she's in, but she um, she agreed to do the Zoom meetings so I can get more information about that for you. Okay, maybe Karen can put that up on the website when uh, the, the show link uh, gets posted. I want to do a couple more things, then I want to go back to Karen, because she's part of this team also. Now, you, uh, Debbie, you mentioned censure motions, and you had one against Lindsey Graham. I think uh, counties around you also had censure motions against uh, Lindsey Graham. Is that right? Yes. 
Okay. And so uh, one way to go about this whole subject of how to fight the rhinos is precinct organizing. You get grassroots conservatives organized, take over your precinct, be get elected as your precinct captain. Then you start showing up in force at the at the local Republican meetings and, and you uh, take the, the party over from the bottom up that way. Um, that's the hard, that's the gold standard, but it's the hard slog that nobody wants to do. Although there is a national outfit. What's the, what's the guy's name? Dan Brown, who, um, uh, is, is big into this kind of precinct organizing. What Debbie I think it's, I think it's Dan Schultz and it's precinct strategy. Okay. I stand demolished, buddy. Um, the, uh, another way to go about this is, uh, what I call caucus organize or caucus organizing. Debbie has gathered a group of like-minded folks and they're starting to make demands on the local Republican party. Like, Hey, get these meetings whipped into shape. Hey, let's put this, uh, censure motion on the agenda. And so the more people, people you can gather into a caucus like that, the more power you're going to have against the local leadership. And when you're starting to make demands now, I want to contrast that the precinct organizing caucus organizing approach other people on our team have other approaches so we have a woman from washington state she's big into the idea that if we're ever going to have uh conservative candidates coming out of the republican party then we can no longer accept the republican party's machinery for grooming candidates the consultants and and all that's all that sort of thing and and the 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 money uh, the party money, et cetera, et cetera. So she's busy building a, uh, uh, a campaign in a box kind of team for to field conservative candidates in her area. So she wants to get together a group of people who are uh, uh, publicists, campaign managers, um, candidates, and begin to build up a separate apparatus for fielding conservative candidates. Now, contrasting with all of that is another person on our team, and I won't reveal the state, but she's working, she's gotten herself a uh, a state party position inside the Republican Party, and she's working things from the inside, trying to turn things um, in her state Republican Party from her vantage point as uh, being a member of the state Republican uh, party committee. So there are different approaches. We've been at this for eight or nine months now. We have about, um, I don't know, 30 or 40 different methodologies grouped into these various categories. And I haven't even touched on all the categories. But again, we have the document that we've, we've put together and we have members of our team who are willing to speak to local groups uh, about our methodologies for fighting the rhinos in your area. Now we have, I see we just have a few minutes left, but I want to go back to Karen, get her reaction to all of this because Karen is also a valued member of our team. Karen? Well, thank you. And fabulous job, Debbie. Uh, terrific. And, and this is a perfect example of the way the system should work. Uh, Chris, I believe that we need an all of the above approach. And the sad part is over this past uh, weekend, I must have gotten about, about 30 emails from different organizations all saying the same thing. And I'm thinking to myself, every one of these organizations has a group of people that they touch, and yet they can't come together. And I think that's our biggest problem. 
I do believe that we need to infiltrate the Republican Party. And it's in many instances, it's not that difficult, folks, because a lot of times the local precinct party dates, nobody shows up. So you have an open door when you walk in the room and you're supposed to have 200 people and there's 25 there. We have to analyze what each group is about and then figure out what's the best way to get at them. But in reality, it's all of the above. And hopefully we will start coming together instead of allowing them to divide us because that's all they're doing. That's all they care about is divide and conquer. And this way, if we came together, there's so many more of us than them. And we all want the same thing. That's the sad part. So they can't let us communicate. But I think Debbie is doing a fantastic job and is a great role model for people. We have to get involved. That's what America is all about. That's the American concept. Uh, Chris, we only have a couple of minutes left, so tell everybody where they can find you. And of course, we will have to continue this conversation. Our webpage for the National Rhino Hunt team is on my personal website, liberato.us, L-I-B as in boy, E-R-A-T as in Tom, O.us, liberato.us. If you're interested in our presentations, you can reach us at tips at liberato.us. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. This is Karen Schoen. You have been listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Thank you, Chris Wright. Thank you, Debbie Jones. And thank you both for the job that you're doing because the rhinos are out there, folks. And as we learned last week, you don't even need a license to hunt them. Isn't that exciting? Have a wonderful week, folks. See if you can identify any rhinos in your town, in your community. Uh, there are many in the state of Florida. So check them out right now. We have a big deal going on in the state of Florida. We do not want our legislature to change the rules on voting, which would say, not voting on, on candidates, which would say that Governor DeSantis could be governor and run for president simultaneously. Bad idea, very bad idea. Who would replace him as governor, number one? Number two, governor says four years, not six months. And number three, I'd rather that he become the president of the Governor's Association and teach the other governors what to do, how to do it, and get tips from everybody working together so that when he becomes president, he'll have a whole team all ready to go. Wouldn't that be a great thing? Think, guys. Don't react to what the media says. And Governor DeSantis, don't fall for the trap. Have a wonderful week. See you again next time. But I'll